Welcome to the Columbus Connection, a weekly public affairs program produced in, for, and about Columbus County, North Carolina. Now here's your host, the managing editor of Columbus County News, Jefferson Weaver. Hello, everyone. This is Jefferson Weaver with WTXY and ColumbusCountyNews.com coming to you with the Columbus Connection. I'm here today with my friend Doug Smith, and we're going to do something unusual. We're going to talk about a television program. Doug, thank you for being with us today. No problem, Jeff. Glad you for having me in. Now, the program we're going to talk about, uh, some of y'all might not have seen it. Some uh, more folks have lately. It's called The Laura Flanders Show. Now, Ms. Flanders is an English woman who is a broadcaster and journalist with National Public Broadcasting. And she recently did a program that was called The Forgotten Coup. And that's referring to racism and democracy in America. And she paid a lot of attention to our county, to Columbus County. Some of the things on this program, quite honestly, the historical record, the legal record, don't back them up. And that's some of the things that Doug and I want to talk about today. Doug, I mean, one of the things that they talk about a whole lot on this program is hate crimes and white violence against black folks in Columbus County. You're originally from here. Yes, yes. Is this an endemic problem that I've somehow missed in the 20-odd years or around 20 years I've been around? Uh, absolutely not, Jeff. I tell you, it's uh, really a shame. In, in order to, to remove uh, Jody Green out of office, you know, we'd come up with – they had to come up with something. They had to come up with this, and, and there's just – has never been any uh, black-white problems in Columbus County, and still not any. But uh, when you read this, if you didn't know it, you, you would think, Lord, look. Look at these people from Columbus County. And I mean, it, it draws a lot of parallels and you know, hints at connections between Columbus County and the 1898 riots in Wilmington, which, of course, is you know, a terrible time. It was documented as you know, the first actual coup in United States history since the American Revolution. But that wasn't going on here. I mean, that was, that was in Wilmington. That was political leaders in Wilmington. But yet, somehow or another, they you connect more than 100 years and say that our sheriff is you know, trying to be responsible for similar things now. I don't get it. What's the reason behind this? I, I don't get it either why, why they would attack the people of Columbus County. I'm sure that, that uh, Sheriff Green uh, has gotten used to being attacked. I mean, this is straight out of the Democratic Party playbook, the national playbook, just like they did President Trump. Sheriff Green, since he has taken office, had to endure a different lie weekly and sometimes daily. And it's, it's being put out. Uh, myself, uh, you know, my pictures of my home have been shown in the exact directions and get there in hopes that somebody drive, do a drive-by shooting on me is what I believe. And both of us men, we're grown men. We can take it. But when you start talking about the good people of Columbus County, and, uh, uh, and it says here one of the pieces from uh, <clears throat> Laura Flanders, it says, especially given the history of white violence here, there is no history of white violence in Columbus County. There is no history of black violence in Columbus County. In fact, the blacks and whites have always lived very, very close in this county. And one thing I'd like to do, Jeff, you know, if, if Miss Flanders has done her homework, is back all the way up uh, uh, to the early, earliest part of the 1900s. The last man executed in Columbus County by hanging 
was a white man, a register. He was hung for killing a black man. That's and right. this is in the early part now. When what community kills a black man, a white man for killing a black man back then? Columbus County did. Columbus County didn't allow things to happen like that. The people always lived together, especially given our agriculture community here and you know we had to live together to sustain to survive back then and we always have since all right i've I've heard so many folks so many times telling anecdotal stories about you know during tobacco season you know there the ladies of the house would be cooking for the whole crew that was out there working in the fields and it was the whole crew it was everybody i mean everybody sat down to eat i mean you've you've experienced that personally oh absolutely absolutely uh, you just you you had to to work together back in those days. If you were going to eat, there wasn't nobody giving anything back then, and you worked together. I mean, even my family farm. Uh, you know, listening to my parents talk about the the blacks that lived there on the farm, how they lived together to make it. That neither family would have made it without the other. And by no means are we saying that Columbus County is perfect, y'all. No place is perfect. That's all there is to it. I mean, in people, a group is made up of individuals, and there's going to be some lousy individuals in any organization or any group, regardless of what color they are. Let's make sure we got that out right off the bat. We don't want to sit there and you know, seem like we're trying to gloss over anything that you know, might have happened. But and it, it, yeah, the the half truths that seem to be in this story, the way some things just flat out twisted around. And what what's the great the larger picture? What's the larger reason for doing this type of thing? I mean, is it purely for political power on a local level? Is it to try to fundamentally change how things are in our society to switch them around in another different direction? I mean, what's what's your idea on that? Uh, absolutely, it's a political hit. No, no doubt about it. it. You know, trying to keep Jody Green out and and put Jason Souls in, and I know that Jason chose to be to run with the Democratic Party because the NAACP was going to be a big part of his constituency. He could have run as a Republican, which would have, you know that would have put him where he'd have had to debate Jody Green. I don't think he was capable of debating Jody Green, so he. He took uh, the Democratic side. These are the people that have lied against the, our county, talking about the violence here. You know, j- j- this was just for Jason Souls' benefit, and he should be the first to be up here and denounce this. At so, any time, under any circumstances, if there's a supporter from Jason Souls out there, you're welcome. We'll make time for you on air. You are welcome. Just contact us. We'll make sure you know, there'll be a link on the website to tell you exactly how to do that. You're welcome to come in. We'll sit down and give you the same time. But anyway, go ahead, Doug. But, uh, yeah, well, the, the, I feel that he should go up and denounce this. All the leaders, uh, the, the, the media in this county, all the organizations should denounce what was put out here. And uh, I just want to say the, the, the NAACP, this is below – Below them, this is an organization that has always, you know, been there to help. But the the last two couple of years uh, here in Columbus County, the the leadership has tried to follow some of this stuff from the national level, and to get in here and and allow our community to be named as uh, as violent people, you know, the blacks and the whites. 
it, it, just so they can get their sheriff in there, they feel like it's, it's what would do them better. That's not right. That's certainly not right. Now, um, let's talk about the military. You know, we, we keep hearing over and over and over again in the Flanders piece and in some other areas about the millions of dollars in military equipment. Now, Doug, you, you served our country, and we thank you for that. Seen a bunch of tanks and artillery pieces and things like that at the sheriff's office? Uh, oh, no, no. But, but Jeff, I ought to make it sure pretty clear right here is, is I'm not here speaking for Sheriff Jerry no, Grant. No, I'm not here. I'm speaking for the Oath Keepers. I'm, I'm here speaking for Doug Smith. But from what I've seen, uh, what Jody brought in was equipment that could help this county in natural disasters. All these big trucks they're talking about are high water rescue. They're the only trucks that can get into like the Crusoe Island area or, or uh, on down the river and get people out fair bluff if you're flooded. Uh, it says here, you know, Marcus Norfleet says that uh, talks about all the energy into military grade weapons in Columbus County. Uh, there are no military grade weapons. Weapons. There, there's nothing there. Mostly from what I've seen, I took a tour. Sheriff Green. It has uh, generators, electrical generators, freezers, showers, kitchen units. That's where most of the cost of money is, is on stuff that, that we can survive as a community should we have a, another big natural disaster. Well, and we're going to take a break real quick, and we'll be back right back with Doug Smith on the Columbus Connection. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? computer crashed then you need an arw home warranty home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year with an a-plus bbb rating and a top-rated home warranty company on consumer affairs and trust pilot arw home provides superior service featuring the industry's lowest service call fee arw home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-201-1478 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-201-1478 now for your free quote. That's 800-201-1478. And we're back, everyone, with the Columbus Connection. This is Jefferson Weaver. I'm here with Doug Smith. Doug, let's talk about the Oath Keepers. All right. I mean, what, what was the, what was the Oath Keepers, or what were the Oath Keepers? What is the Oath Keepers? Not even really sure what's the right term to use because mm-hmm. things have changed so much. But tell me about your experience with the Oath Keepers and the role they had here in Columbus County. Okay. Um, I first became aware of the Oath Keepers when, when I was uh, in wo- Wounded Warrior uh, at uh, Fort Gordon, Georgia. I'd been medevaced out of uh, Iraq, sustained injuries there, and uh, first heard about it, and that was in um, uh, the beginning of 2010. And at this time, you know, this was presented as a, a, 
a group of men who were uh, ex-military or, or, or veterans, uh, or law enforcement firemen, who would band together to help their local law enforcement. And uh, that was my reason for, for first joining. Uh, over the years watching this, I got to know other people from other parts of the country and Oath Keepers. And we started watching very carefully the founder, uh, Stuart Rhodes. Uh, I especially started watching care- carefully when one of the board members, Sheriff Richard Mack, constitutional sheriff, quit. And a lot of board members quit and uh, started finding out what was going on with Rhodes. They, they, they wanted no longer wanted a part of where he was carrying the organization. And I agreed. Uh, it wasn't uh, until friends of mine from up north and some in North Carolina who had uh, access to the North Carolina Oathkeeper website and you had discussed with me, you know, would I take over Oathkeepers in North Carolina? Well, I, I, I agreed to try to get it back on track because I feel that strongly that each community should have me and the sheriff that they should be able to call on when times are bad. Uh, well, in most of our country's history, that's been the case. Uh, it, absolutely. Uh, we went into this. I, I was able to get hold of the Oath Keepers' uh, passwords and on their site, and you know, I, I got hold of the website, and we started running it independent in the national. Well, it didn't take long for Stewart to show up in North Carolina, and uh, what you know, see what was going on, and told him, you know, that we wanted to maintain the name, but we wanted Oath Keepers to be, you know, state run. And, you know, that the sheriffs have a big input in on it, that who in their county would, would be supporting or helping them. And uh, I got listening to, to Stuart, and he was telling me, this is my own fault. It's something men do all the time. You know, he started talking about all this money. He was going to get donations from these billionaires and all. And being the human I am, I got to thinking, I said, you know, if I could just hang in here with him a while, I could get a lot of that money and give to my fellow North Carolinians where the taxpayers wouldn't have to, you know, fund uh, uh, equipping these men in these counties. And that was uh, my reason for hooking up with Stuart and going with him there for uh, a while till till we finally had enough of Mr. Rhodes. I mean, that, he, he his belief in what America should be in, in ours is uh, – Two, two different, you know, things there. I mean, I remember, you know, let's, let's flash forward. Everybody talks about January 6th, but let's talk about November. I mean, I remember when you contacted me right after the first event in Washington that nobody seemed to pay much attention to. What can you tell me, you know, without, without too much details on it, of course, but what can you tell me about that weekend? I mean, was that when everybody or a lot of people suddenly realized that maybe – Stewart wasn't the man to follow. Yeah, absolutely. We had gone up to the first stop, the Steel Rally, and uh, in Washington in in November, and stayed at a home up in Virginia, um, or farm. And uh, you know, our our reasoning for going up there, we were asked, could we help with uh, security for the Alex Jones uh, show that was going to be broadcast from the Supreme Court building that day. And I asked around, and, uh, you, you know, the guy said, yeah, a lot of people just wanted to go up there so they could see Washington, never seen, had seen it before. But we uh, we went to and, and done that mission that day to protect him. But that afternoon, Stewart wanted us to deploy in the streets and fight with Black Lives Matter and Antifa. 
And I told him, absolutely not. Why we come there, that's not what we do. Uh, you know, we're not going to break the law. And I loaded up all the North Carolina people, and we left Washington, D.C., and went back into Virginia. The next morning, Stuart called up before we all left to come back to North Carolina or came down. And, uh, you know, that's where we split right there. I told him, you know, that under no circumstances we're going to be involved in any violence anywhere. And if it was, it'd be in our home counties under the direction of our sheriffs if we were involved in anything like that. And it wouldn't be offensive. It would be defensive. Oh, absolutely. Was, when you and I talked right a couple of days after that, that was the thing that y'all kept emphasizing over and over again. And I talked to a couple of the other fellows that were up there, and they were, I mean, they, they ranged from angry to shocked. Because they didn't drive. One of them actually said, he said, I didn't drive seven hours to go pick a fight. That, that's right. And that, so, I mean, that was, that was the thing that keeps getting glossed over in a lot of cases, the fact that, yeah, from, from everything you've told me, from every indication I've seen, I've got no reason to doubt anybody, the North Carolina Oath Keepers, when they broke off, they weren't. Yeah, they were trying to avoid the violence. They oh, were you know, a- absolutely, Jeff. I mean, we we came uh, we came back home, and it was discussed among the members and the leadership. And uh, which I told Stewart that been been November the fifteenth on a Sunday. I said we're through with you. We won't be participating in anything like this. We've gotten off what we wanted to do, which was help the sheriffs, all one hundred sheriffs in North Carolina, and we're up here in Washington, and that's not what we do. Um. In fact, uh, uh, we announced it. I had a meeting on uh, in December. It happened to be the same weekend as they were having the second stop the steal, and we had it intentionally at, at, at my uh, place on the Waccamaw River in Columbus County. You got everybody that would come from the state. Number one, it kept them out of Washington that weekend. I was telling everybody, don't hook up with Stewart. Don't listen to him. Stay away from the national. Uh, we we had training at my place, which kept people physically from being there, and it was announced, you know, in no uncertain terms that day to all the rank and file that we were no longer Oath Keepers or be affiliated with them. And at that time, we had thought about keeping our name as the North Carolina Oath Keepers, but, you know, uh, it, it, they've stained that so bad, nobody wants Oath Keepers tagged to them, and, and especially me. I mean, after what they pulled on January the 6th up there. Well, let's talk about January 6th. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's a big moment, and it's been twisted around a whole lot by the media, by individuals that were involved in it, and you were part of the group from Columbus County that went up there to support the president. Yes. Tell me about what happened that day. Uh a few weeks earlier, it had been announced that, that there were some individuals in Columbus County getting a bus to, to go up there. And I went and talked with these individuals. I said, you got to be careful. I said, you got Antifa, you got Black Lives Matter. These people will attack you with bricks. All they'll try to destroy your buses. And they asked me, would, uh, you, you know, would we like to go? With, you know, trying to help them spot any trouble coming. I told them, absolutely. I, I believe the bus carried uh, 60 people, and I believe there were only uh, 14 to 15 Oath Keepers on the bus. The rest of them were, you know, people out of Columbus County. And we're talking about normal, everyday people. Yeah, they just... Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not going to ask for any names out there, because uh, y'all have been bothered enough by the uh, Justice Department. Uh, I mean, we're talking about you know, business owners, and one particular I know is a Sunday school teacher. Absolutely. They just want to go up, see the president, 
He said that, you know, there'd be a big announcements on, on the election being stolen, which, you know, we didn't hear any big announcements, you know, how it was done. But um, we, we went up nonetheless. Uh, after his speech there, you know, everybody was going to go down to the Capitol building. Yeah, I tell you what, we're going to take one more quick break and we'll be right back with more of the Columbus Connection. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-605-4650-800-605-4650-800-605-4650. That's 800-605-4650. And welcome back to the Columbus Connection, everyone. This is Jefferson Weaver. I'm here with Doug Smith. Doug, we were talking about January 6th. The folks from Columbus County that were up there. Yes, sir. Uh, you, you know, after the president had talked, uh, you know, he told everyone he was going down to the Capitol building, but and uh, you know, to, invited everybody down. But the, the Columbus County contingent, we got back on our bus and moved closer to the Capitol, and and then got off the bus and and walked down the mall toward uh, uh, the Capitol building. When we got to Third Avenue, I heard the first explosions, flashbangs, and I was looking. I could see uh, smoke trails of tear gas being shot. And I told everyone, I said, no, this is as far as we go. And Third Avenue is at least 600 yards, maybe more. It's a long way. How far is that from the Capitol? I was was thinking, I mean, I've looked at a couple of maps. It's been been more than 30 years since I've been up there, but I was thinking it was 600, 700 yards in that neighborhood. We we stopped right there at at the Oath Keepers, everybody, and the Columbus County contingent, and uh, said we're not going any, any closer. Uh, now, there were some from Columbus County want to go up and get a look. These weren't Oath Keepers. They were Columbus County uh, citizens. And, you know, and I told them, said, I don't think y'all want to get up there. There's a lot going on. But, you know, people being curious, they just want to get closer. Uh, they went closer to the county, probably a dozen people or so. But uh, I had a retired FBI agent with me that day who was an Oath Keeper. And this individual followed him up there, and he'd already talked with the FBI and assured him that Columbus County was not in there. Once they got their first whip of tear gas, uh, when they got up kind of close, they turned around and come back. But, uh, you know, having a, um, a retired FBI agent with you, which we did, uh, always kept us on the straight and narrow. Uh, we always followed his advice about things, and um uh, 
But he 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 told the FBI, I testified to them that there was no no one off that bus that went up there and participated. And the FBI is very aware of the now. I mean, they've talked to a lot of people in Columbus County, but they know we weren't involved in any of it. Well, one big question that you should be able to clear up for us. There's been a lot of talk about Sheriff Green being an Oath Keeper. Right. Is Jody Green an Oath Keeper? No, sir. Jody Green is not an Oath Keeper. I invited Jody when we had the county um, Oath Keeper site. I mean, it was oh, open. Facebook. Uh, the Facebook, yeah. That it was open to everyone in the county. We put it around it. And, you know, I invited Jody. I said, if you'd like to get on there to see what we're doing, what we're training at, or whatever, feel free to. Whether Jody did or not, I don't know. I know that Miss Blander has shown a screenshot saying it was him come off of his website, but I don't know that to be the case. I don't know if anyone made that up or if, if Sheriff Green just got on there to keep an eye on us. But not only is he not a oath keeper, but he's he's never even been on my property down here where they you know say that we have all this uh, terrorist training going on. He's never been there. Can you tell me what kind of training goes on down there? Yes, at what times we have have it. It's, it's generally medical, uh, communications, uh, a lot of medical. Uh, we do shoot as individuals uh, down there, but most of it's not about shooting and all. It's about being able to, during uh, times, to, to you know work on someone if they're hurt, to be able to make communications and to, to talk around. I mean, we've we've all been through. If you've only been around here a few years, you've been through two tornadoes. You've been through two tornadoes and an ice storm. I mean, you know, stuff happens. I mean, we lose cell phones, we lose landlines, lose the internet. So, I mean, yeah, I, I assume y'all you're talking about shortwave radios and things like that. I mean, people still have to get around, still have to communicate, and people get hurt. I mean, this, but this is not some great big anti-government conspiracy type of a situation. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, we we send people, Oath Keepers, all the time to hurricanes and all and uh, around. Oath Keepers have done a lot, tornadoes, things like that. And not one time in, in the Oath Keepers' history, you, you know, to, to stand up for them, have they been involved in any racial strife where they, yep. they have been fighting another race? You need got to remember the Oath Keepers are, are Americans of every race. We have black Oath Keepers, you know, uh, uh, everyone. And uh, this, this Oath Keepers is not a r- racial organization. Doug, I appreciate you coming to be with us today. We've covered a whole lot in just a little while, man. We might we might need to come back and talk about this some more before it's over with. I, I have no problem with coming back, Jeff. I, I, you know, I'd love to know what you, you want now. I'd love to do it again. But I, I want to reemphasize to you before we leave today that I'm in here speaking for myself, yep. not Sheriff Green, Absolutely. not those keepers, but the people of Columbus County. We do not deserve being labeled like we have been labeled. Thank you. That's that's it right there. And folks, like I said earlier on, anyone who wants to come on and talk about this same topic, Miss Flanders, if you end up here in this program, you've got an invitation. I'll even buy you lunch. Come on down and come sit with us on the Columbus Connection. For WTXY and ColumbusCountyNews.com, this is Jefferson Weaver. Y'all make a great week.
This has been the Columbus Connection with Jefferson Weaver. If you have a story that you want to share with us or a comment on a previous program, you can email us at columbusconnection at columbuscountynews.com. The Columbus Connection is produced by Jones Media Partners, and the program is recorded live at the WTXY Studios in downtown Whiteville, North Carolina. Our in-studio producer is Daryl Jackson. Be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Columbus Connection. Thanks for listening.